uh, tardy. Is that, an, is that an English? That's an American phrase, isn't it, tardy? Let's not be late or delay ourselves with getting there. Uh, Brian also asked me, uh, as we were worshipping, he just popped across and said, are we going to say anything more about being uh, around uh, in that space with the Afghans, that kind of stuff? Um, I'm not entirely sure what to say other than be prepared that you might meet some Afghan people. Uh, many of us have uh, spent some time with them, been around them in various contexts, but if you haven't been, you know, hopefully you will meet some. Brian, you can share something about that because you, you're a bit more clued up than I am. We have loved the Afghans for a year, and we've done a tremendous job at loving Af Afghans, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But the other way in which we know that Muslims come to faith is when they see Christians loving Christians. When they see Christians loving Christians. And that's why next Sunday and the other Sundays are just so important, because they will see when you arrive, when we meet together, when we have coffee afterwards, they will see Christians loving Christians. And they don't basically see Muslims loving Muslims. In fact, they see the opposite very often, don't they? So you need to be there. You really do need to be there. You all need to be there so that they can see Christians loving Christians. And actually, the room we're in, the, 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 the um, ballroom at the McCure is huge. It really is big. It's far bigger than the Westfield Academy. And if, if just us lot arrive, we need more than this because actually it'll be very, it'll be very small. And we'll need to make... Uh, the acoustics are not very good in there, I guess. If we really want to sing and really make a great noise in worship, then we're going to need people, lots of people. So you really need to be there. So if, if you've never been there, if, if, you need a, if you need a lift, if you haven't got a car and you need a lift, ask about it because we need to get you, 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 you all there. So, sorry, is that okay to, to, yeah, to say great. that? Because uh, it's a tremendous opportunity. I thought he was going to say for a second, if you need a lift, I'll come and get you. <laughs> Which maybe he will. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's such a good encouragement, isn't it? I think, you know, let's not be, let's not think, oh, it's an unusual week. I'll have that week off. I think this is, this, is, this is an opportunity. Let's grab it with both hands. Uh, this, is this, are the, slides, the slides aren't there yet, so that's fine. Um, Perfect. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, we've been looking at the, uh, these following verses the last few weeks. Uh, this is Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We've been focusing in on these verses. We've particularly been looking at that first verse, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. We've been sort of dialing in on, on a few different things about that. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, these are important verses for us. This is the pattern of the early church. And I just want to pray for us before we begin and pray for my, myself in some ways. 
Uh, yeah, so Lord, I just pray that we would hear from you this morning. I thank you that you are present with us. Whether we have felt that yet this morning, whether we've experienced that yet, or you're still to sort of break in, Lord, I pray that you would do that now, that there would just be, in this moment, such a tangible sense of your presence through the Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak into our lives this morning. I pray that what is shared uh, by me uh, that is from you would stick and land and anything that is just uh, uh, my own human mind would just drift away. But actually, the, the word that you want to speak to us this morning would penetrate into hearts, would pierce into the very inmost being of us and do the work that it's meant to do. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. So good what Brian shared just then. That, you know, that was completely unplanned. Um, but he said, Christians loving Christians is such a good witness. And if you cast your mind back a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, the fact that there's this famous quote, I can't remember the guy, Brennan Manning, I think was his name, that what an unbelieving world can't believe is, that, is Christians who profess one thing with their mouth and then act a different way. And then we looked at the words of Jesus that said, you know, by your love for one another, everyone will know that you're my disciples. By our love for one another. It's so important, isn't it, that we love one another. And I, I suppose this, uh, this well, two weeks ago I finished by uh, asking us to be devoted to the fellowship. I was talking about being devoted to the fellowship. And I finished by asking these questions how did they show their devotion to the fellowship and do we do the same? And so I asked these questions. Do you feel, do you feel a sense of belonging and commonality towards your brothers and sisters? Do you have a need that you're keeping hidden? Are you sacrificially giving up what is yours to serve the church financially? Are you committed to worshipping alongside your brothers and sisters? Do you regularly have people in your home to share food and life? And do those times ever include talking about how Christ has been and is at work in your life? And this morning really is kind of the second part of that sermon. And so I want to focus in on how did they devote themselves to the fellowship. Uh, and in particular, I want to focus in on kind of that first question. Do you feel a sense of belonging? And then those last couple of questions, do you regularly have time with people in your home or in their homes, sharing food, sharing life? And do those times include talking about how Christ has been or is at work in you? Do you feel like you belong? To be honest with you, this is going to be a slightly different kind of sermon. Um, typically, in terms of our preparation, I would say we, we kind of... I think, and I'm you know, just kind of speaking for Andy without confirming this with him, but for me, my preparation is, what does this passage say? Like, what is, what is this section of the Bible teaching? Okay, this is what it's teaching. And then obviously that will be flavoured by my personal experience, how God is communicating what God's saying to me at the time. So it's kind of like a teaching focus, and then like there's a prophetic element to it, perhaps, you would say. This morning, I very much felt like this is what God is trying to say, so there's more of a prophetic element, and then the, the teaching side is the, sort of the secondary part. 
I'm going to share some stuff with you in a moment. It's not for garnering sympathy. I don't, the point of what I'm going to say is not so you go, oh, Aaron, poor Aaron. You shouldn't think that. If you think that, you've missed what I'm saying. Okay? The point of what I'm saying, what I'm going to say to you is understand that what I, what I was thinking, what I was feeling was not true. I, and I knew it wasn't true. Okay? I have had a horrendous week. <laughs> <laughs> Most of you <laughs> understand. I've had a horrendous week. Like the first, obviously Monday was, you know, was whatever. That was quite nice. We spent it with um, Megan's family. Um, but then like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something happened. And I'm not sure what, entirely what it was other than to say it was like spiritual attack. Uh, and in speaking with um, some other people, like in this church family, uh, in the last couple of weeks and in this week particularly, that is not an uncommon thing. It was, and it was almost, the people that I spoke to, almost all had exactly the same feeling or, or thoughts in their mind. I'll talk a little bit about this later on. I am not a medical professional. I do not have any kind of doctorate, let alone a medical one, okay? I cannot sort of prescribe anything to you. I cannot treat you, you know, in any sort of way you would probably be happy with in terms of medical procedures. Um, you know, I'll have a go at uh, <laughs> some stuff if you really want, but um, you might be better off going and seeing your GP. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, and I want to be very careful about sort of talking about things like mental health and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, so understand what I'm saying. If you just forgive my vernacular if it's not, if it's slightly clumsy. I had what I could only describe as like invasive thoughts this week. And... That invasive thought was, and remember, please remember, this is not garnering sympathy for me. It was nonsense. It was rubbish. It's not true. What I felt like was, and what was going in my head was, no one really cares about you. If you disappeared, it wouldn't really be a, a problem for anyone except for your three children that would probably be psychologically, like, I know the, the sort of the facts of, if there's a dad in the home, it's beneficial to children growing up. Like, that's just, it's just true. So I thought, apart from that, there would be like a psychological, you know, whatever element. It, it wouldn't really be a problem for anyone else. Like I'm, no one really cares. I know that's not true. Because I, I, as I was talking to Megan about this, I, could, I said, I could list probably now, for the first time ever, in a, well, first time in a long time, more people than ever, that if they asked me how I was, would actually mean that they wanted to know. I, there's more people today that if they asked me that question, I could give an honest answer to, and they would be interested, than probably in the last 10 years. So I know it wasn't true. I, I know it wasn't true. But... For some reason, I couldn't shake this thought. And you know what? I was in a horrible mood. I wasn't, you know, particularly, you know, outworking it, but I was quite, I was quiet, very quiet, not really interested in conversation. Quite sort of, you know, yeah, okay. And then I was talking to Megan about it, and I said, oh, I'm finding it difficult to sort of work out what's going on here. And 
she said, she said to me, if you're looking for a spouse, find someone who can ask you good questions. She said to me, is there like a sin or something that you've done you know, that you need to deal with? Is it, are you like caught in some sort of thing? And I said, it's not that. It's, 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 it's not that I'm sort of over here doing this thing and then I'm trying to live a righteous life or portray that. It, it's not like that. And in the end, I just said, I, just can't, I can't talk about this anymore. I just can't talk. It's just, I don't know what's going on. And I went upstairs and I plugged in some headphones and I laid on my bed and I put these headphones on and I listened to uh, the Lectio 365 app thing for the day. And I just laid there and the headphones on, I couldn't hear anything else. And it was like, I turned it up super loud. So it was like, it was the dominant thing in my brain. And immediately after that, it was night and day. Cana says, I said, Megan, I'm so sorry for the last few days. I don't know what's been going on other than a spiritual attack that I didn't combat well. And that is the key thing. I knew it wasn't true. I knew it wasn't true, what was being said in my brain. I knew that's not God saying that to me. You know, Megan said, and, you know, when you think about God, do you think he cares about you? She didn't say it like that. She didn't have as much sort of sauce on it. She was saying it in a nice way. Um, <laughs> that's how I was perceiving it. So I was thinking, oh, you just, you know, you, yeah, you, <laughs> that was it. I was like, you don't get it. But she did. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a spiritual attack. And I'm, I'm confessing to all of you, I didn't defend myself well. Praise God for my wife who helped me, who did defend me a bit. Who did defend me, not a bit. And so I just I felt this morning like a prophetic emphasis that I am not the only one who even this week has felt like, if you talk to someone, no one really cares about you. No one is really interested. Oh, I can't share that. I, I can't be that vulnerable. Actually, we had some people for dinner last week, and I sort of I had a moment where I was like, they asked how we were doing and how I was doing. Well, they said, what can we pray for you about? Which is, you know, a great question. How can I pray for you? Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll say what I'm thinking. And, I, and so I said it, and it was like, oh, it's like a chip away. Oh, right, that was really helpful. And then we had another meal with some friends, and it was like I got to sort of explain it again. And one of those people said, you know, I've, I can really relate to that. I had a very similar experience a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know what it was. I don't know what came over me. But I was just in a mood, in a funk. And then something happened and I was able to snap out of it because of what God did. And what the, this person shared something which I thought was just, it was just so helpful and just really encouraged me because I was sort of out the other side of it in a minute. She said... Um, what do you think God's going to do in you? Like, what, what are you, like, are you excited, effectively, are you excited about what God's going to do in and through you now that you've sort of won through that? Because moments of advance, significant advance, when uh, the church is about to take ground in certain things, stronger opposition comes. So I want that to be an encouragement to you. If you have felt... I am just feeling like I'm getting it in the neck all the time here. I'm, I'm fighting for every moment of every day for my joy in Jesus. There's a moment of, there's, there's advance to be had. 
And I felt drawn to these two verses, which are not, you know, from Acts. Um, but I felt particularly drawn to these two verses or sections of scripture. Uh, this is Romans 16, 17 and 18. It says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine you've been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. It's drawn to that verse in this verse. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. I just felt God said there was two things to watch out for. Watch out for the enemy seeking to devour you and for those who seek to cause division. I, um, there are people who are on the periphery or even outside of this church who are seeking to cause division. That is true. Like I know it's true because I could name some names. I'm not going to. But if you, in your head, have just thought of a name, maybe that's someone who you shouldn't really listen to when they ask you certain questions. And in I, you know, sometimes you, you hear people say, oh, someone asked me this question. And you think, that's so obviously not intended the way that it sounds. That's like a subtle barb. You know, you know, Andy, has anyone messaged you this week to ask how you are? You know, is that a question where I'm saying, Andy, are you okay? How can I help you? Or is that me saying, do you know what, Andy? No one really likes you. <laughs> it's subtle, isn't it? It's very subtle. We need to be aware. We need to be aware. I'm saying this to you, you know, I'm preaching this to myself because I'm thinking, about it. I, wish someone had, I wish I'd been reminded of these things last week. We need to be aware. Really, if someone asked me that question, this is, I've trained myself or try to train myself to think, who have I asked how they are? It's all very well, you know, saying, no one, no one checks in on me. Who am I checking in on? Now, it's different. I'm your, one of your pastors. I'm one of the elders of the church. It's my job to be checking in on you. But we're all, we're a body of believers. We believe in you know, the priesthood of all believers. We're body ministry. We should all be looking out for one another. Alex, she's out somewhere. Alex McBrook shared a, um, a picture on the weekend away of, that, those, of everyone having shields. And your shield isn't like, it's not designed for just protecting you. But it like links in with everyone else and we protect one another. We've had many times, you know, these ideas, these pictures of, you know, people stood in a circle and we're all facing outwards. Because then everyone's back is defended. So I just felt a prophetic sort of encouragement to be devoted to the fellowship in that smaller context. I'm thinking explore groups are starting up soon. How many, how many of us are in those sort of 
even smaller than an explore group. We talk about three, 12, 72. This is the 72. Are you in a 12? Are you in a three? Are you in a small context where you can be open and vulnerable? Say, actually, this is what's going on with me. And people can go, all right, well, you need to, you know, we need to sort that out. Let's pray for it. Have you got that kind of relationship with people? Because it's available. So we need to watch out. Watch out for the enemy seeking to devour you. That's what was going on in, in my head this week. It's the enemy was going, just pour this little thought in you. What do you think? And as I said, my foolishness, my naivety, I didn't recognize it. And I know that's not true. I mean, I recognized it wasn't true, but I indulged it. We need to watch out for ourselves and we need to watch out for our brothers and sisters. This is the positive aspect of watching out. Not watch out for yourself, you might attack yourself, but you know, look, you need to, we need to look after ourselves. That's why what Benny shared about praying, being in prayer. You know, it's the old bumper sticker, isn't it? Seven days without prayer makes one week, you know, W-E-A-K. You know, my parents used to have that on the fridge and I used to think, oh. <laughs> it's true. It's true, isn't it? doesn't make it any less like eye-rolly, but it is true. The 90s, man. <laughs> Some bad stickers <laughs> produced. But we need to be a people who are, as Andy said last week, devoted to prayer. Devoted to getting into the Word. Letting it enrich us, shape us. We need to watch out for ourselves and watch out for our brothers and sisters. That's why Alex says we're going to pray for Katie. We're battling for Katie while she's away. The prayers that we pray here will affect Katie wherever she is on the water. Do we get that? That's, that's real. That's not like, oh, we're just, you know, we're sending out good thoughts into the universe. It's like, no, this is actually has an impact. Of course, there are other people around and about as well. Um, this is not clicking on now. I don't know if I've done something to it. Uh, point is, I want to I encourage you to battle for your mind. Now, as I said earlier, I am not a medical professional. I'm not, you know, I'm not even like, I haven't even dabbled in that um, sort of area of study. And it's just, I, I want to be very careful because like, mental health stuff is so like, delicate and I don't want to be uh, insensitive to that and I don't want to downplay like, mental health issues because those things are real and sometimes actually you need to speak to a doctor, you need to speak to someone who can sort of help you with the medical aspect of those things. So I don't want to downplay those things at all. Because I think there are situations and times where medical intervention is what is needed. So I don't want to downplay, down, uh, downplay that. But I also don't want us to downgrade what is available to us as Christians. What is available to us as our inheritance as the children of God. How we feel and what we are thinking this will be a shock to you, are not always correct. 
What goes on in your mind is not always correct, and it's not fixed. I'm in a bad mood. As though that's, okay, well, that, that's the end of it then, is it? You're in a bad mood? They've got, a, you know, don't talk to them, they've got a bad disposition. As though that's fixed forever. The point, the point of being, you know, saved is that you recognise, I was this, now I'm this. I've literally, I've been transformed, I'm a new creation. Now that process takes time. But baked in to salvation is the understanding that what you were is not what you are or what you will be. We should experience emotions. We are not robots. We are human beings. People can be annoying. You can, you can have, you know, I'm feeling in a bad mood. It's what we do then that is important. Psalm 42 is a great expression of being in difficulty and needing God to move or act. And it begins and ends with this. Oh, it doesn't begin quite with this. It's, uh, you know, my soul thirsts for the living God is the beginning. But it's this kind of refrain in it. Why are you cast down? Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Ask yourself the question. You know, that's kind of what I fail to do, if I'm honest. I fail to go, what, you know, why am I feeling like this? I just sort of sat in the crud for a while. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? You can be downcast, you can be in turmoil, but you must remind yourself. Hope in God. Turn your gaze there instead of towards your navel. What is ours, what is available to us in Christ is to be transformed. Be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Romans 12 uh, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The renewal of your mind is available to you in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to think that way anymore because that's not what Jesus has won for me. That's not what God says about me. No one cares for me. Are you kidding? Jesus died on the cross for you. He's placed you in a family that loves you. There are people who said, if you can't make it to church next week, ask me for a lift. Literally, that's what's been said. You are in a church family that loves you. But we need to share that with other people. The renewal of our mind is available to us. And we need to take these thoughts captive. Paul writing says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, 
For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. We, we have divine power to destroy strongholds. Stronghold is like a Christian, has become a Christian jargon word. You've got a stronghold in your life. Do you, what, it, what that means is something that has a strong hold on you. Obviously, a stronghold was like the, the inner sort of defense part, like the most unassailable section of the castle sort of thing or the city. But is there, when we talk about strongholds, it means is there something in your life that has got a grip on you that just won't seem, you can't seem to let it get off of me? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's become a sort of, people talk about strongholds as if it's like this sort of weird, nebulous thing. But actually, what it means is, is there something that you just, you can't seem to shake? Think of it like that, if, you, if that makes sense to you. But it, Paul says this, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That last phrase, take every thought captive to obey Christ. You can do that. That's, your, that's part of your inheritance in Christ. As a believer, you can take thoughts captive. It means you don't have to just go, I'm in a bad mood because I'm thinking about this thing. Actually, no, I'm not, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going I'm to take that thought, captive, make it obey Christ. This is what I think. This is what's true. Remind ourselves, strengthen ourselves. I'm just going to show just a short clip. Uh, hopefully this is helpful to you. Uh, it's from Lord of the Rings, the second film. Um, I just thought, it, it just, as I was thinking about this, it just, this is what stuck out in my mind. So let's just watch this clip together. And then uh, we'll see. from building a nest in your hair. You cannot keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. I don't know when you watch that clip, whether it, it resonated with you in any particular way, but I think there's, there's something in that there. That's, there's, a, there's a picture there of the, the battle that goes on sometimes. There's accusations flying. That's what the enemy is. The devil is the, the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of the church. You're like this. You're, this is who you are. This is what you've done. Not listening. Not listening. If it wasn't for me, you'd be, you'd be in so much trouble. You need to listen to me. The master looks after me now. Go away and never come back. I feel, that's what, I feel that's what God wants to say to us, to you. Is we need to say, you need to have the strength to go, I'm not listening. The master looks after me. Go away and never come back. We need to make a practice of doing this because you can't stop the birds flying over your head. You can't stop the thoughts necessarily circling or going, oh, you know, no one likes you. You don't have any friends. Not listening. Get off. I really feel, I honestly feel, what I went through earlier this week was like God has given that to me in, in a way 
in order to give me sympathy for other people. Lord, I pray this would be a moment right now where my brothers and sisters who are struggling in this area would be able to plug their ears, say they're not listening, say the master looks after me now, go away and never come back. I pray right now in Jesus' name that thought patterns that have stood for years would be broken in the name of Jesus. Go away and never come back. That people who feel no one knows me, no one loves me, no one cares about me, that thought pattern would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. People who say, I can't, I can't shake the, the, the guilt from that sin. Go away and never come back. Be broken right now in the name of Jesus. I had a, sort of another section of stuff to talk about, but we're not going to talk about that. I think this is, this is what we need to do. We need to defend one another in speech and prayer. How you talk about your brothers and sisters in this church is important. Do not indulge when people start slandering or talking badly about someone else. If there's no, I've seen this problem, I want to try and resolve it. I want to try and help that person. If it's just talking down about someone, do not entertain it. I am telling you, as one of your pastors, Andy can correct me afterwards, you have liberty to be rude to that person and say, shut up. We don't say shut up in our house. <laughs> but you have liberty to say, just, you need to just stop. You're defending the brother or sister being spoken about, and you're defending that person from sinning themselves by what they're saying. We pursue reconciliation with one another. It's not always possible, but we pursue it. Which means we forgive others for their sins, even if they don't know, even if they're not even really aware that they, we think that we have sinned against us, we forgive others and we own our sin and seek to change. Everyone else is not the problem exclusively. You are part of the problem. Not always. But often, it takes two to tango. But we must pursue reconciliation. We are honest about our weaknesses with one another. We ask for help when we need it. As I said, I had a moment, a uh, couple of moments this week where I thought, I could, someone's asked me how I am, what they can pray for me. And I could say... Yeah, you pray for this, some generic thing. Actually, I, I, I thought, God, I'm just sick of, not just in myself, but it, within the church, there not being this authenticity. And so I'm going to say, actually, this, is, this, is, this has gone on with me, or this is something that, and I think we need to be honest with one another. Otherwise, we're just playing, and we're not really being community. 
that's not to say I've not been I've been inauthentic in the past, but there were just these moments where I thought, this this takes things to a different level. And even this morning, like I I undenied about you know, do I want to talk about this? Because again, this is not I'm not trying to garner sympathy. I don't want you to think, oh poor Aaron. I want you to think, come on Aaron, like everyone knows this. Get your head in the game, son. So I want us to respond in uh, two ways. If you have entertained someone speaking poorly about this church or your brothers and sisters in the church and you've not challenged it, I want to pray for you to be bold. And there's a moment of repentance for you to say, Lord, I'm sorry that I didn't challenge that. And I want to pray for people who you need a moment. You know you need to reconcile with someone. You've let things drift or bubble away under the surface. They might not even know, but for you, you think, I'm not in good space with this person. This is not something we typically do uh, very often, but I'd ask that everyone, if you're comfortable to, to close your eyes and bow your head. And almost as like a, you don't have to bow your head, but that just helps with that. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's completely fine. But I just, if you, if you know that you're someone, you've entertained someone speaking poorly and you've allowed that to sort of affect you and how you view this church or you view people in it, I just ask you, just, just stick your hand up just as a sign of like, God, I want to I wanna sort of confess this and say, I'm handing this over to you and I want to be... I want to be focused on the positive, speaking life and defending my brothers and sisters. If you've entertained that. Okay. And also, if you know that you need to have a moment of reconciliation with someone, you think, oh, Lord, I just let it drift. I don't know why, but I have. And I want to bring peace back. And also, just pop your hand up. Just, just up for a second and then down is fine. Yeah, praise God. That... Father, I thank you. That you are so gracious to us. That you love us. That the, the lies of the enemy are not true. And we can come to your word and see the truth that you speak over us, that you have spoken over us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for us, that your affection for your bride was so great that you were willing to face and endure the shame of the cross. The Hebrew says, for, for what was set before him, you endured the cross. And that's us. You endured the cross for us. We we are what was set before you. Lord, I pray for those who have entertained negative, gossipy, false speech about this church family, that they would be bold to not stand for that anymore. I thank you that through your grace, 
And through Jesus' sacrifice, they are forgiven as they confess their sin to you. And I pray for moments of reconciliation to take place. Give us wisdom to know how to do that, that we don't just charge in and make things worse, but help us to unpick what needs to be unpicked, that relationship might be restored, and that as a church family, we would be united and strong to love one another, to bless one another, that we would be those who stand shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield, and bless and care for one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you want to be prayed for, particularly in response to those things, please do not leave without that happening. Um, you okay? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, go for it, man. Is this on? Yeah. Uh, I was sitting there, I just felt challenged that <clears throat> off the back of this morning and what's been shared, this week is going to be a battle for the mind for some people, mm. particularly because it probably will have raised some thoughts in your mind that will continue into this week. Yeah. So be wise of that, be aware of that. If you are challenged, oh, I want to send somebody a message, but off the back of what Aaron said, they're just going to think that I've said it just because of this <laughs> this morning. Or you receive a message from somebody asking how you're doing, you're going to think, oh, I, you know, they've only sent that because of you know Aaron prompting people, they don't really care about me. Take those thoughts captive. Amen. <laughs> this That's week good. is going to be a battle. So, yeah, be aware. Good. Thank you, Dan. And just to say, you should send people messages. You should expect some messages from people. Hopefully, well, I hope that you will receive some messages saying, how are you doing? But I think that is spot on. That's spot on. Let me... Um, I have a... a a thing to read to bless us as we finish. This is Paul writing in Romans. To him who is able to strengthen you according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been dis disclosed through the and through prophetic writings has been made to, known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, I pray that we would be enriched in knowledge, enriched in faith, enriched in love for one another, and that through all of those things, we would glorify Jesus. Amen.